0: Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. My name is Kahiwa Sabaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one.
0: And my name is Mark drexler. He him pronouns, and with motorcycling, like in so many other things it's not size that counts, it's how you use it.
1: <laughs> yes, That's true yeah. sure. Welcome to episode fourteen. <laughs> Today. we are talking about the whole group ride Ooh. deal.
0: Yes. Now, for some people who get into motorcycling, then riding is about solitude. It's mm. about getting away from humans. It's about feeling the connection with with your machine, with the road, with the nature and environment around you, and staying as far away from humans as you possibly can. <laughs> However, for others, it can also be a fantastic way to meet new people and uh, a very typical way of doing that is to go on that fascinating experience that is known as a group ride.
1: Yes, it, it is quite a different experience, I think, mm-hmm. riding with um, you know, two or more other people mm-hmm. uh, compared to riding by yourself. There's a, there's a shared sense of camaraderie and that shared experience as well. Um, and I think this is particularly relevant this week. Because as we approach the Royal Enfield One Ride event um, that you're organising here um, in Adelaide, Mark, um, that's there's going to be quite a quite an exciting time and Mm. experience for the people signed up. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, That will be uh, so. It's a global event that happens um, on this year. It will be on September 17th, Mm -hmm. which is a week tomorrow morning. It is an opportunity for uh, any Royal Enfield riders around the world to, to get together and uh, go on a group ride I think there's they're expecting about 15,000 riders worldwide wow. at the moment the Adelaide event is looking like we, we should have 50 riders we might, oh, yeah? if, if the weather's good we might even get up to 60 ish maybe so mm. it's going to be in relative terms quite a large group, it's going to be uh, heading off from the dealership that I work at in Melrose Park and heading down to Victor Harbour uh, via Bull Creek Road which is a, a sort of nice way through, through the hills. So um, anybody on Sunday morning That is uh, out and about, and looking to see some really cool retro styled bikes that are all going out in a great big pack. Then, um, yeah, have a uh, keep an eye out. I think we're leaving, yeah, leaving at about nine o'clock, and probably getting into Victor by sort of ten thirty, ten forty-five, and then all the bikes be parking up there, uh, which I'll talk a little bit bit about later. Uh, Yeah, having at least forty bikes all parking up in one designated parking space. That's going to be so be cool Interesting, it'll be cool But <laughs> just the logistics of having that many True. Uh, Yeah, that many bikes all moving As one, like one great big school of fish Is <laughs> going to have a few things that we will have to think about So that's a bit about one ride anyway Happening in a city town near you If you are into Royal Enfields or own one
1: And I think that that talks to a little bit. One of the things about group rides is some of that kind of logistical organising. When you're at a large enough group, a place to meet, a place to finish, um, thinking about parking and similar for everyone who might be involved. Mm -hmm. And that's probably more relevant if you are considering organising one. But if you're just thinking about joining in on a group ride, which um, I assume most of most of your listeners are probably just uh, wanting to join in on a ride, I think they can be really, really good fun. They are a great opportunity to meet people, as you said. Um, they're uh, often an opportunity to go visit new places that you might not go by yourself. Oh. Um, or to find new routes or locations or different ways of getting somewhere um, that others particularly like or that work really nicely for a motorbike. Um, and again, that, that's just that shared experience being able to sit down and have a conversation with someone about how you found that ride and what you liked and all those types of things. It is, it's quite different when you are um, with a group of people. Um, I think there's also that That sense of community When you are in a larger group Actually riding together Um, You know A a couple of the rides that I've been with You know The dealership that That you work at Mark And and a few others There's something quite special About seeing motorbikes in front of you Motorbikes in the rear view And and all travelling together um, That can feel quite special In a bit of an intangible kind of way But it's quite nice I feel like they can also be a bit intimidating um, oh. at the start. I, I know for me it was certainly something the first group right I was a part of, I was a bit worried about being too slow or yeah. you know, not having good enough technique or... What if I fall off or what if I stall at the lights? Um, mm. Am I going to be pissing people off in front of me or behind me? Um, so if you are anything like that, um, we we have a few tips um, for riding in groups. Oh. Whether you are joining in on the one ride or, or just other rides with, with colleagues or, or friends or groups, um, hopefully some of these will be helpful. So Mark, what's the, the first tip that you have?
0: First first tip that I was going to suggest uh, for people thinking about getting into group rides is uh, once you find a ride, then talk to whoever is leading and or organising the ride. They're usually mm. one and the same person. Uh, find out who they are and have a chat to them about your your ability um you know make it clear that particularly you know target audience for this podcast is for newer writers so letting the organizers know that you're new you might make some mistakes are there particular things that are expected of you as uh, as a writer and starting to see, starting to unpack, and it's going to vary from ride to ride, whether there are uh, any particular group norms that mm. are expected of you when you're out on a ride. Like, Kahira, I know you've you've had experience in this, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I, I think there are some um, rides that may be a bit more formal, shall I say, formal mm-hmm. in terms of their organisation. Um, yep. And even a, a group ride that I did as part of the uh, Rad Skills training course that I went on, um, it was – there was a very clear conversation up front about the the specific roles or protocols um, mm-hmm. that that we – do as a group, when we're riding together, um, I think Mary Knights in, in episode nine talked a little bit about those uh, that she has in place um, for rides through the Women Two Wheels South Australia mm-hmm. group, um, and in particular how they approach group rides. And some of those things um, include you having really clearly identifiable ride leaders. So these are the people who are up the front, they set the pace, they set the route. Um, and the expectation is that everyone kind of falls in behind them. Mm. Um, I know that Mary talked about wearing her pink hivers vest so that she is clearly identifiable to uh, everyone in the group, but also to um, other drivers and uh, people who are using the road. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talked about having a tail end Charlie. So, this is a particular motorbike group ride protocol um, which is just really someone who is at the back who's kind of there to make sure that no one in the group gets lost or gets left behind Um, and they tend to have a a clear plan of the planned route as well so their job is just to keep an eye out for anyone who might get lost so if you are new to group rides um, and one of the things that you are worried about is getting left behind or getting lost, then it could be useful to have that conversation, as you were saying, Mark, about the group norms or expectations mm-hmm. and just see if anyone is fulfilling that kind of tail end Charlie role. Even if it's mm-hmm. not what it's called, is there someone who will be staying near the back to keep an eye out for anyone who might get lost or left behind? Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, what what else have you seen in some of the rides that you've been a part of?
0: Uh. On the more formal, formally structured rides that I've been on, uh, quick shout out to SA Outback Motorcycle Adventures. Um, I've been on a couple of rides with them, and they are really well organised. For anybody that does adventure riding in South Australia, they are fantastic. Uh, they they have that um, they use a system called the Cornerman system, which has kind of similar to what you were talking about with women two wheels group Mm. it has a lead rider it does have a tail end charlie but it also uses um, all of the riders in the group and i won't go into too much detail but it uses every rider in the group at various points along the ride to take up position on any corners um, as a basically as a visual marker for the riders behind them to uh, know which direction they're going because that is, mm. yeah. when you're out on a group ride, then corners are the places where you get lost you get <laughs> yeah. to an intersection, it's like well, which I have no idea going? which way did they go, which way did they go so <laughs> corner man is a, it's a more structured and slightly more complicated way of going about it, but it does allow the field to get quite spread out mm. um, whilst pretty much guaranteeing that nobody is going to get left behind Uh, Because it uses yeah that that system of uh, indicating on corners using different riders and having a tail end Charlie. Mm. Uh, I've also been on plenty of far less formal rides though, so yeah, there are. So there's a a, a group of um, gossip queens that I go out riding with every now and again. Yeah, you all know who you, you all know who I'm talking about. And we all know the gossip. Shout out talking to the So, yep, talk all you like, kids. Um, there's there's no formal structure in that. But we do sort of just generally, like there's no more than about four or five of us. We're in a reasonably similar pace, so we do tend to stick to the speed limit, don't do anything silly and... Mm Uh, just try and keep the group together, and if you know, it's a sort of unwritten rule, I think if anybody out the front starting to pull away a bit, then just back off the throttle a bit. Um, yeah, you know, particularly on on straights where there's no medals for going fast in a straight line. Um, you know, it's not <laughs> impressing anyone. Yeah. Uh, so using that as the opportunity to 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 back off and wait for some nice corners to come up, and then be able to go around around corners as a group Mm. Um, and another so another different model again so the dealership rides that we organize they're not formal led rides it's just an informal group of people who get together and meet at point a we agree that we're going to finish at point b we make sure everybody knows where point b is and we might, suge- well, you know, might suggest that some of us are going to go via A, B, C, D and E um, and try and do that at a reasonable pace. Mm. But also say to everybody involved that if, if you want to go your own way to get to the end, that's cool too. If different people want to go different routes at their own pace, then there's that's totally fine too. The, and in that one, it's more about getting to the end and mm. having a chance to all catch up, park all the bikes up. Get off, have a coffee, um, you know, pretty much sit around for for an hour and just talk about motorbikes. So some yeah. good
1: some good chats at, at the end of those rides when we, when yeah, we yeah. get to the destination. It's quite yeah. nice. Yeah, and is, lots of different kinds of bikes and different um, riders in different stages of their totally. Um, uh, writing journey experience level, um, who join those, which is quite quite lovely too. I think,
0: yeah, and, and I think um, when you look at these different, like different protocols and different groups, probably the message out of that is there's no one size fits mm. all, and it really is uh, if there is a formal leader, then talking to the formal leader about what the expectations are, and if there isn't. Then really just trying to kind of feel your way through and get a bit of a vibe for what the what the point of the ride is, what the abilities of the people in there, and yeah. and and hopefully try and suss out beforehand whether it is the kind of group that you're going to feel comfortable fitting in. Because if you are if you're a beginner rider and you're going out with people who just want to go out and find the quickest roads in the hills and see if they can drag the knee, it's probably not going to be a lot of fun for you. It's probably just going to be intimidating, off-putting, and worst case, danger so yeah having those conversations before you get out to get a bit of a sense of where things are at can be a really good way
1: yeah i I think that's probably um a a really good step so if you if the first step is to to talk to people and talk to the leader find out expectations or, or kind of what the vibe is um the the other kind of side of that is to try and find groups or rides or opportunities oh. or people to ride with um, that are going to give you the types of rides that you enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Are you looking to improve your riding skills? Well, then you might want to find people who have more experience and technique skill than you um, and have that conversation about wanting to, to ride in behind to follow their lines or similar. Do you want to go to new places? or well, then it might not matter too much um, how structured or kind of formally led the riders if the point is to kind of go to a new place together Mm. and meet there. Um, Is it something where you want to be social and meet people? You know, that might mean probably don't go too far. (laughs) Um, If we want to be able to have a good kind of hour or so for for socialising and chit-chat at the other end and then kind of riding back, then that might also kind of... Um, impact the types of rides Or the, the people that you might want to ride with um, And I think the the other point that you mentioned Mark about you know, The kind of pace and, and Setting the pace on the road That, yeah, there are some people Who want to go and group rides because they want to go Really fast together um, And there are other people who want to ride As a group okay. And experience that ride all together So um Regardless of of the the type of rider, I suppose the other point there is to remember that it's your ride and Mm -hmm. you ride at your pace. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And if they are the kind of people that you will want to spend time with, then they will hopefully make sure that you don't get lost and left behind if you are that bit slower. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, even if that means kind of dropping off um, towards the back or taking a different route, or you know those kinds of things, then I think just focusing on it being your ride to get what you want
0: out of it. Hmm. Yep, mm. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so those are a couple of general ones. I think I've got a couple of slightly more technical mm. technical ones um, yep. that are a bit more lo- logistics once you're actually in there The um, the biggest sort of, Thankfully, I've never seen a bad one, but the scarier moments that I've seen, where I've thought, "Oh, gee, that that was a bit close, and that could have ended badly," um, in group rides, have tended to be when a rider is, uh, particularly in corners, watching the rider in front of them, rather than watching the corner and where they would normally ride. Mm. So uh, if you – and it's a bit of a balance because it's nice to have somebody in front of you that you trust as being not dangerously fast but maybe a, a bit more experienced than you because you can always um, you know, use them as a bit of an indicator of speed and how quickly and when you need to start braking to come into a corner if you mm-hmm. are you know, on a relatively similar bike. What can be problematic though is if you are following someone particularly through through corners, you watch, you watch them and you watch their rear wheel uh, for example, rather than watching where you need to be going and you yeah. just end up in in a train following them, uh, which then if uh, uh, that can do a couple of things. Firstly, it can mean that if they make a mistake, then you end up following them exactly into that mistake mm-hmm. uh, rather than just focusing on, yep, there's the road that I'm riding on. Um, and secondly, it can increase the risk that they will see a, a hazard or a risk coming up ahead. Um, you won't see that risk or hazard because you are looking at them rather than keeping your eyes up and scanning for all the usual hazards that that you would when you ride. So, mm. yeah, it's it's a a bit of a
1: it's a bit of a balance. Like you, you have to keep yeah. an eye out on the person in front of you in case maybe they're they're riding a different line or. Um, if uh, they might be signalling like a hazard on the road or, or something yeah. like that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there is it, – it's very easy. I know that I've done that quite, quite often in some of the group rides to just focus on that rider in front of you and forget yeah. to be looking up through the corners, you know, yep. through that broader line of sight on the road.
0: Yeah, and it, and it is that that is the way that sometimes pileups can happen if mm. everybody's just vaguing out. Following, following the rider and just watching the person ahead of him, and something unexpected happens, or the rider in front makes a mistake. The next thing you know, you've yep. got a potentially carnage in there. So I've never seen, I've never seen bad stuff happen, but I've seen mistakes that have then ended up being bigger. That I've sort of thought, oh wow, that was that could have been very very bad for all concerned because mm. of yeah. Um, yeah I think I'm trying to think if there's any other parallels, but yeah, just that vaguing out and just looking at the rider ahead of you always keep one eye on them but also the other eye firmly fixed on the road almost as if they're they're not there in a yep. in a sense
1: yeah for sure mm. I think one of the things that can potentially help avoid some of those pile ups um, mm. which was part of the 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 conversation with the Red Skills course that I did mm-hmm. um, Was riding in I think what they refer to as a race formation mm-hmm. So rather than Say you're in a group of, of eight um, Rather than all eight riders Kind of being you know In line behind Single each other Single file yeah, And, and uh, yeah, Hopefully having a good <laughs> you know, Three second gap in between Each of them yeah, That can take up quite a bit of space on the road um, And so The protocol in that group ride was to ride in a more staggered. So you would have um, one person, say, in the right car wheel tyre track. Mm -hmm. The next person might be about one and a half, two seconds behind in the left uh, tyre track. The next person is in the right tyre track a couple of seconds Hmm. behind again and so on. And so you are staggered right, left, right, left, right, left, or whatever the, you know, however the order wants to go. Yep. the advantage of this was uh, one: it takes up a little bit space, a little bit less space on the road, which can be a helpful thing to avoid um, frustrating other road users and drivers, um, which is good citizens is always a good idea um but i think importantly as the rider it does give you the opportunity to see ahead in traffic a bit more easily to see more of the road lines to look for hazards um those types of things it also makes it um yeah a bit less likely that pileups can happen because you've got fewer people kind of one in front of the other in that single file really? potentially um And the main exception to this, you know, you can ride in that race formation, generally speaking, pretty well, particularly through like city, suburbia, um, straight roads, lots of lights, those types of things. Um, The exception would be when you come to corners, wanting to increase that gap to make sure you are single file again Hmm. um, so that everyone is taking a good, safe line through those corners um, yep. You haven't got people potentially on the outside and the inside line, and that there can be bad things happening um, okay. unless you are very, very, very skilled. Um, and um, I'm sure there are lots of people who think very highly of their competencies, um, but I would hazard a guess that nobody in here is going to be riding for the MotoGP anytime soon. So, how about we just ride safely?
0: And particularly, <laughs> yeah, totally. And particularly on the on the roads. Um, there is another podcast episode, I don't think we've done it yet, Kay, but about track days and mm. getting getting going on track days. Um, yeah. There is an absolute space where you can start really cranking the corners and mm. riding as a faster group and starting to have all kinds of shenanigans and they're called track days. Uh, <laughs> yes. Get a set of they letters. they are
1: so much fun. They, they are so yeah, much fun.
0: They are awesome. And then half of these rules can get thrown out the window. Yeah. Um, However, we will talk about track days in another episode, maybe the next episode. Yes. Maybe Yeah, maybe we will do that. <laughs> there we are, the next episode, sorted, track days it will be. Um, so, yeah, th- um, thank you, Kay. And there was one more I was going to add in there as well, and it kind of you've touched on it, but um, I really wanted to call it out because I have fallen foul of this in... Through no fault of my own uh, Giving the person ahead of you space And particularly Mm -hmm. when you are coming into Any kind of intersections Or particularly when you're coming into parking Uh, On a nameless group ride A little while ago A couple, a few months back now uh, I had somebody So I was leading the ride And I had somebody who was They were in race formation So that was something But they were also uh, two wheel lengths behind me the entire time, even when I was doing sort of 100 k's an hour. And I did try and give a bit of a hand signal to suggest, "Hey, back off and give me a bit of uh, a bit of space yeah. here. You're not you're not helping." Uh, and as we buffer came zones, into people, buffer zones, buffer zones, buffer zones, we came into an intersection. Um, I had to make a decision about whether to cut in front of, so turning right across a main road, had to make a decision uh, about whether or not to try and take a tight gap, decided no, particularly because I had a group behind me. Um, had to brake firmly but by no means emergency braking and next thing you know I had this person scooting up on my left hand side and putting a nice big gouge in my mirror with their handlebar my left mirror with their right handlebar Uh, and neither of us came off we both came to a stop but it was definitely one of those things where and they were incredibly apologetic about it but I did have to Sort of gently say, "How about you keep a bit more space than this?" And yeah. next ride, they're back doing exactly the same thing. But anyway, um, yeah. So give <laughs> give the person ahead of you space. Uh, intersections, as we've said, like mm. intersections as a motorcyclist, we talked about this right back in maybe episode, I don't know, three, four, five, somewhere around there, that, that intersections are one of the most dangerous places you mm. will encounter as a motorcyclist. And when you are riding in a group, then you've also got uh, a whole lot of additional compounding factors coming into intersections because you are, if you're a leader, you're trying to make decisions um, on behalf of a whole lot of, a lot of other people. And as a follower, you're also trying to have enough, uh, I suppose, time to make good, informed decisions about how you're going to tackle the corner, rather than mm-hmm. yet yeah, trying to, you know, sneak into gaps that aren't there, um, you know, breaking breaking too hard, worrying about the person behind you, all of these kinds of things. So yeah. when you're coming into those things, then in particular. Take a very large chill pill and give everybody ahead of you space. Don't worry about what's going on behind you. Just worry on what's what's going on uh, ahead of you to try and make sure that you are at least at least giving yeah. space. Um, And similar as well, so one of the uh, sometimes most comical, other times most dangerous from a low-speed cosmetic embarrassing damage to both motorcycles and (laughs) reputations, is coming into the parking area at the end of your ride. Yes. So if you have, and this is where the value of having a more experienced Leader, or Mm. at least person who is at the front of the ride coming into that, then they should be thinking about rather than just as you would normally do, yep, okay, I've got to find a park for me. uh, They should be thinking, okay, I now have to find a park for however many people are behind me, or if it's a big group, like when I get to um, the one ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, that's still something I've got to go to go, go and do a recce run of okay how am I going to manage in that case to will probably be about 40 bikes coming in behind me um, so but yeah if, if you are the ride leader then hopefully you should be thinking okay where do I need to position myself so that everybody else can follow me in single file and make a neat orderly parking formation somewhere yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And
1: and if you're if you're just a uh, joining in the ride mm. um I think the the thing to keep in mind there is similar to your, your point just before Mark about giving the person in front of you some space. This is yep. where it's a really good idea to just just increase that buffer zone, just mm. practice your slow riding um and watch yeah, give yourself time to watch where everyone else is going, where the yeah. different parking options are so that you can, as much as possible, just kind of slot in behind somebody else um, yeah. whilst also leaving space for people behind you. I think the the things that I have found frustrating on group rides where it's not necessarily clear where to go is yeah. um, when people might just kind of stop in the middle of, on a, 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 a particular space away from others and then there's confusion for everyone else kind of in behind about, well, where do I go? Do I go in front of yeah. you? Do I go behind? Because you're now, you know, pulling into the curb and reversing back and all these types of things and I don't want to hate you and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you are joining in on a group ride, um, as much as possible, just, just be going slow, um, keeping an eye out for what's kind of happening around and how you can – Ideally, slot in or kind yeah. of move past to find another different option there.
0: Yep, spot on. I was going to wrap that up. Just <laughs> saying, follow, follow the person ahead of you when you're coming into those parking. And most of the yeah. time, yeah, if you've got a decent leader, then they'll be picking a spot where they can see. Oh yeah, I can fit. You know, five bikes, ten bikes, however many, however many are. And um, yeah, if if not, then again, that's where you've got to maybe take a moment have a bit of a think about where's where's a good spot that I can park that then more people can slot in behind me. Mm. Don't don't be that person, as Kahiba said, that sort of rolls in <laughs> and parks your bike in the most awkward, in the way, blocking <laughs> every other human being um, at a cack angle in reverse. Um,
1: I mean – you do you, obviously. You yeah, do
0: you, judgment-free zone, <laughs> but just just try and think <laughs> logically about it and if possible follow the, follow the person in front. And yeah. one final thing I'll say about that is it can be really easy when you are coming in in a, in a group as a new rider to forget all of the basics that you should have been practising from doing your learner's permit,
1: mm. uh, which
0: is using your rear brake not your front, mm. and balancing your rear brake, friction yep. zone in your clutch and your throttle and using your slow riding. It's really easy to come into a parking lot and you're so focused on following everybody else, you're a little bit leaned over, you grab a bunch of front brake and the bike tips over. Uh, and, and I have seen it happen. I saw it on a group wide with a with a person, unfortunately, on an almost brand new bike. Oh, no yeah coming in to try and park next to a a couple of other bikes that had parked up to fill up with air and they just came in and you could see it from a mile off they just grabbed the front brake uh down it went thankfully it didn't touch down on anything bad and we picked it back up again and nobody was hurt but it's just one of those things where i guess keep it in your mind that you've practiced all of that stuff but yeah. when your mind is distracted by something new that you haven't done before, like trying to park in a group of 20 other riders, yep. then it can be easy to forget the things that you know.
1: <laughs> and and I think that's where where I, I know that I have felt that, certainly um, in, in group rides or coming into a new space or I remember some of the longer, well, longish rides that we've done where we would be going 80, 100 Ks for a good, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes and all of a sudden you come out the other end into an intersection and I I, I forget huh. how to yeah yep. my brain would forget how to how to break how to actually start from first again yeah. yep. um, because being so focused on you know riding through corners and riding well and all that kind of stuff yep. for the, the previous time and that just that comes from you know, practice and writing often that you're able to, to shift into those things that um, become second nature a bit more easily. Um, but I think that's, again, if you are feeling new in, uh, in, in group rides or um, it's a somewhat new experience for you, again, that, that buffer zone, that's that little bit of space to give you that breathing room to allow your brain time to remember how we slow ride, how we come into, come into a stop, how we control the bike. Um, it, it's often, it's all that your brain needs is just that little bit of time to take a breath. Um, and so I think in terms of some of the, the takeaways, Mm -hmm. Um, for for group rides, um, particularly if you are new to them. I think that's probably the first one for me just to to really come back to is to think about space. It's about buffer Mm -hmm. zones. um, Once you are in there, um, making that balance between being close enough to the people in front of you that you are still in the group um, and keeping up with people. So that you get that uh, group experience um, whilst also making sure that you have enough of a buffer zone and space with the people in front of you that you um, can see hazards, you can take good corners, you can stop when you need to, and that you have enough time to react um, to different things that are happening on the road. So getting that balance right will come with practice, um, but generally speaking, um, yeah, focusing on that space, I think, uh, between you and the other riders in the group. Mark?
0: Yep. Uh, I was just going to say I completely agree with you about that space. And when you think about it, if you're out riding by yourself, you've you've already got a lot of variables that you have to manage when you're mm. riding in a group. You're now adding in a whole bunch of extra variables that you're trying to stay near. Uh, so, <laughs> it is to start with something that is going to take more cognitive load. So, just... Okay, we well, exactly what you said. The more, the more space around you that you can give, the more of a buffer zone you give—not just your mm. your bike and your reflexes, but also your brain. Yeah, to be able to cope with all that extra data. So yeah, um, but having said that, I think my takeaway is that group rides are absolutely something you should try. They are a great a great way to meet new people, to find a bunch of roads. Like I've found roads that you know, I've been mm. I've lived in Adelaide all my life, and I go out on a group ride, and there's been times still now that I find roads that's like, wow, I didn't know that was there. That's so cool. Um, for for relatively inexperienced riders, it can also help you. Learn more about uh, corner speed, about braking mm. points, about riding lines, if you can find people that are just a little bit, maybe a little bit better, or a little bit quicker than you. And and again, as Kaye said, you, you're not about a motor GP rider, you're not going to go out there and do that, and, and if you do, then well, you probably won't last too long. <laughs> on, our, on our on our roads anyway. Uh, for anybody that's ridden they're, on Adelaide not roads, great, yeah, yeah, um, don't don't try and do that. Um, but yeah, finding finding people that you can learn from as a rider, that you can socialise mm-hmm. with, you can learn stuff about your bike. You will see modifications to other people's bikes that you hadn't really thought of, and if you are like like me certainly not k but me being a little bit socially awkward i know believe it or not it does give you an incredibly easy out (laughs) when you are out trying to interact with other humans rather than just hiding in the shed uh, because you can just ask them about their bike and it's a common thing that people will just open up and generally talk about so it's a good way for the socially awkward raising my hand here to um, to be honest to have have things to talk about that are easy
1: so that's my takeaway it's a nice, it's a nice conversation starter, I think, for a lot of for a lot of people. And I definitely yeah. put myself in the socially awkward box. It's one of the things I really like about group rides is um, the opportunity to meet new people, to see new bikes, um, to talk to people about their bikes, and be like, "Oh, I've been thinking about something like that. Tell me about why you like yours." Um, and then, you know, go home convinced that I want to buy at least three other new ones and then probably don't because, you know, money. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, it's a really nice way to, yeah, to meet people and, and have conversations and, and see new things and new places. And um, I think the those different kind of techniques that, Mark, you've talked about and we, we've covered here are really just to help you feel a bit more confident about actually being in there. And what to expect from it, and and how to kind of prepare yourself for it. Um, but I think they are they're worth giving a go. Um, and so, if you are looking for people to go on rides with, mm. um, there are, you know, certainly a whole lot of um, different types of groups on on sites like Facebook. Mm. Um, often that might be about an area or a type of ride or a brand of motorcycle or a particular identity. Um, you know, shout out, of course, to, to Women Two Wheels South mm. Australia who... Yeah, are often organising rides formally but also just informally between different members across kind of Greater Adelaide um, that there's almost always something kind of going on in there. And I know that there are adventure ride groups on Facebook and and others as well. I think you can also potentially talk to some of your local bike stores and, you know, so the dealership um, that Mark works for – Often organises some or as a part of some, um, and I'm sure other dealerships might do similarly hmm. um, for their clients or, or particular brands.
0: And, and even if they don't, there'll be people working there. I mean, you rarely work in a motorbike shop unless you love motorbikes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and yeah, even if there's nothing official through your local dealership, then odds are people in there will will know people who know people.
1: Yes, and sometimes it's just about finding friends who mm. are also yeah. motorcyclists and be like, I would like to go for a ride. Mm. Shall we? Go and find somewhere to have a coffee. Um and you yeah, know, like your your gossip queens, um, that that can yeah, be a nice way sucks. to <laughs> 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 nice way to do that. I think some of the mm. other more um Formal organized rides are often ones for charities. Um, oh, I know, a Mark, in the uh, segment, the interview that you had um, on Motor Chat just recently um they often will share upcoming formal organised rides for different types of events. So um, if you've got a local radio station or other kind of site or motorcycle clubs, um, they can often also be good places to keep an eye out for rides. Um, And potentially, you know, sites like Women Moto um, and others that are sharing details about different parts of of motorcycling Um, they can often also talk about those as well
0: Cool. Well, uh, as I look out my window, the sun is going down, and I realise I'm getting darker and darker, looking like I'm <laughs> sitting in a dark room with two bright lights focusing on me, which is exactly what I am doing. So I think that wraps it up for today. In our next in our next episode, Kayor, I think we might as well talk about track days. Let's let's talk about getting let's out do and track doing days. A beginner, beginners doing your very first track day and what you need to think about and why it's the most awesome thing you'll ever do.
1: Oh, so good, so much fun. I love Better it. Better than
0: parenthood. Better than seven than... <laughs> Honestly,
1: I think I have never felt As safe riding as mm-hmm. when I did In the track days that we have done um, yeah. So stay tuned for that tuned. Uh, But until then Please ride safe and have fun Beyond the Billion is brought to you By Kahi Wasabai and Mark Drexler And with the support of Woman Moto The online magazine for women motorcyclists Go to womanmoto.com If you liked today's episode, please remember to rate, review and subscribe and tell a friend. It helps others find the podcast.